What's up, friends? This is another one of the Freedom Rally episodes uh, that I've been covering. I got quite a few uh, interviews on this one. This one took place in Walnut Creek, California. I did another one previously uh, from Brentwood, and the interviews that I got there, there was only two that I got there, uh, but the whole recording for whatever reason got corrupted and I couldn't, it won't, I couldn't get it, uh, downloaded. So, um, I was actually interviewing a buddy that I, I knew that was down there that I ran into, uh, his name is Sly and he's, uh, from the Sly show out of Pittsburgh, California. So, uh, it's a podcast and, uh, I've actually been on his show as well. Yeah. Good times, right? Um, after the uh, after the rally, we ended up going over to uh, support the In and Out, the local In and Out over in uh, Antioch, California. So we hung out over there. I t- actually took some drone footage of that one. Uh, you can see those pictures uh, in a post, and I'll put that in the uh, description, a uh, link to the post, or the pictures for that is, and the pictures from uh, Walnut Creek. I will upload some of those. Yeah, I'll up, I'll upload some of those on my uh, on my uh, Facebook page as well. Other than that, uh, not much going on. Uh, I've had a few different interviews. Been on a couple of different shows this past. Uh, oh, actually, this week um, I'll be on uh, two tomorrow and uh, a few other ones. So it's. Uh, Doing a little bit more of that, trying to fit it in. Uh, so, hope you're getting something good out of the content that I'm uh, bringing to you. If you have any uh, questions, concerns, comments, you want to uh, suggest a guest to have on the show, you know, somebody that might make a good guest for the show, uh, feel free to reach out at nowhere to go but up now at gmail.com. The website is still under construction. Um, I, and if there's anybody out there, again, uh, I have a nonprofit, a 501c3, and I'm looking for a, um, uh, somebody who can do a WordPress website, uh, and would be willing to like work with me and like some donor in kind donor sort of thing. Um, I don't know. We work something out. But that's what I'm looking for. I have one, and I, you know, paid for the year, and I, I cannot figure out how to do it. So, uh, if that's you, and you're a fan of the show, it'd be even better, and you want to help uh, out the organization um, that I'm uh, that I founded. Uh, reach out. Uh, don't be a stranger. I need your help. (laughs) All right, man. Until next time, uh, keep it 100. Stay true to yourself. Everything else is just noise. Sean Dustin spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. Upon release in 2006, he had nothing but the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and legal paperwork. In 2010, he kicked a longtime methamphetamine habit and started the long climb back up the ladder of life. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. 
If you want transparency and authenticity, you're in the right place. This is the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast, and this is Sean Dustin. So I'm here at the uh, rally in, actually this is the, the beginning of the national one, right? Or the worldwide November 3rd, uh, everybody stop rally over in Walnut Creek, California. And I'm here with one of the uh, people who's uh, holding a sign that says, even vaxxers oppose mandates. So I'm here to ask him uh, why he's here and what his message is. It's all about freedom. And, and if people want to get the vaccine, that's fine. But they have to have that choice. And, uh, and the thing is, most of the people I know who have got the vaccine said, you shouldn't have to if you don't want to. And certainly our children shouldn't be getting it. This is a dangerous time in our nation. And, and it's, it's, we have to take a stand. I agree. Do you feel any threat from the virus whatsoever since the beginning of this thing in like two years ago? Well, I did. I mean, based on what they were telling us, and it is dangerous for some people, especially if you have comorbidities. And though I don't know all the science, I mean, I've read a lot, but we don't know yet the long-term effects. For some people, I think it probably makes sense. But for people who don't have comorbidities, if you're young, if you're healthy, not knowing what the not not knowing what the long-term ramifications are, it's not wise. I really don't think it's wise. But if you want to choose to get it and run that risk, that's fine. But to make someone else do that is just wrong. I think it's evil. I, I, I agree. I couldn't, you couldn't have said it better. Um, one last question. What was the turning point for you that brought you from inside the house out to the streets? When they started telling us that we were going to be forced to have to get the vaccine in order to keep our kids in school or to have a job. And seeing the, all the brave people who said we will not... We will not bow down. And thinking back to history, how many people have taken a stand, and, and even at their own cost? And I thought, we have to do this. I don't want to look back in five years, 10 years, 20 years, and say I didn't have the courage or I didn't have the time to stand up for what's right. It's a great answer. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so I'm here still, North Main Street in Walnut Creek, California, and Civic Drive, right on the corner. And uh, a lovely young lady would like to make a comment about why she's here and, and uh, you know, how she feels about the current mandates and, and all of the kind of craziness that's going on right now. Hi, I'm Ellen Hansen. I grew up in Oakland. I've been uh, a person that's been against wars since I was 16, protesting, starting with the Iraq War, the Vietnam War when I was 16. And this particular mandate just strikes me as totally absurd because it takes away our freedom. We're supposed to be a democracy. We're supposed to have freedom to pick our own lives, and they're trying to take that away from us. I used to be a Democrat. But I'm not a Democrat any longer. I changed to the People's Party. Um, I'm not even sure what that's going to be, but I feel that the Republicans or Democrats are in the same boat. They're both trying to control our lives for some reason. I'm not sure why. And 
I just um, not. I came out today because it's just I feel like it's my my right to do so, and I want this country to be free again. And uh, I have my two signs. It's my life. I call the shots. And it's just as easy to buy a scientist as it is to buy a politician. And we know our politicians are bought off. Well, yeah, they're they're beholden to the corporations that they that that you know give them the super PAC money and 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 all of the donations. It's a donor class. I mean, both we're we're no longer in. A red blue thing. I mean, they, they like to make us think that that's what it is, but it's it's it hasn't been that for a long time. Actually, it hasn't been that since I think the since the Democrats started doing taking uh, corporate corporate PAC money. That's true. I believe that, and um, it's just it's it's I mean it's it's comical in a way too that there's I mean it's nice that there's so many so many different positions here all believing the same way. On this particular issue, and I think that's important. If we're going to come together as a nation again, we're going to have to get rid of um, Democrat and tags. We're going to have to come together on single issues, and this is an issue for our freedom. So, what you're saying is, is that you think instead of voting on a president to make the decisions and the changes that we want to see through legislation that you actually think that it would be a better idea to vote on issues rather than people. Yes, for sure, for sure. Yes, I haven't voted Democratic in a long time. It started with the last time I voted Democratic was, uh, or Democrat was, uh, I voted for Obama the first time in 2008. After that, I changed, I could not stand Hillary, so I voted for Trump. And I just, last time, instead of voting for Biden, I voted for the Green Party. So I don't really have an affiliation right now. And um, I like it. We could do like I'm happy that there's so many people out here right now. So how, how do you feel after the eight years of Obama? Do you feel like your, your vote was, uh, was worth it? Did you get what you what you felt like you paid for? No, I didn't. I, in fact, I didn't vote for him the second term. That's when I voted for Trump. I guess. Um, I don't. You know. I just. Uh, he he sold so many people down the road. He got rid of people's ho- homes. Michael Moore did a great film with um, how many people lost their homes. I lost my health care in two thousand and nine. I was a teacher i retired teacher i retired in 2018 and in 2009 we were I, I was hired on in 1989 i was supposed to get free health care for the rest of my life but my union went against the our our own uh what we had been signed in on and went with the 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 union leaders went instead with with the corporation, with the district, and they got rid of our health care. And so that was terrible. I mean, I was a union person. Now I'm, it's just like I'm a public school person. I believe in public school. I've tried to, I live in Oakland. I grew up in Oakland. I've tried to volunteer now in the Oakland public schools, but the Oakland public schools are run by some group that, I think they're trying to get rid of public education. 
and uh, it's a whole bunch of things. Back in in the late 90s, the California had an initiative to try to put um, charter schools on the ballot and and to put charter schools in the flow of things, and it was it was shot down two years in a row. And so then they went another way. They started going through school boards. And it's, so, it's amazing what's happened to our nation. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree. I think it's been a, a slow a slow burn, right? You know what I mean? Uh, and, it's, and, you know, if we don't put our foots down now or put our foot down now, I believe that it... My my daughter, who's five years old or four years old, is not going to be able to have the kind of uh, childhood that I did growing up. It's going to be a lot different. So my one last question for you is, is what was the turning point for you that brought you from in the house and out to the streets? Well, I did. I chose not to get the vaccine from the very beginning. I knew it was wrong. It didn't make sense to me. Uh, it just it didn't make sense. And. Um, I'm a Kaiser member, but everything that Kaiser said, I, I, they're a pharmaceutical company. They're about making money, and it's not about my health. It's just like when I was a teacher, I had gained so much weight from stress, and I weighed, uh, I weighed, uh, weighed 198 pounds when I used to be a slender woman, and when I retired, I. <laughs> Nobody, nobody in Kaiser, and my doctor never said to me, uh, why don't you take up another way of eating? And I did. I took up, I, be, I went to become a vegetarian. Then I, now I'm a fully, I'm a vegan. I'm generally a raw vegan. And I think the whole thing goes together. I'm almost, I'm wondering sometimes if actually they really just want us to die. Yeah, that, that would seem that it would be uh I can see how you would think that. I mean, from the food that we eat to all the different things that they've told us from the beginning of this was never about health. It's still not about health. Uh, It's about an agenda. And what that agenda is, I'm not sure, but I know it's probably not good for us. So thank you. I appreciate your time. Thank you. All right. So another individual has come and approached me and would like to make a comment. Uh, Go ahead, man. Uh, so yeah, my name is John. Um, I just want to talk a little about a little bit about the differences between DNA vaccines and RNA vaccines. DNA vaccines are lifelong immunity, like polio, measles, chicken pox, etc. RNA vaccines, the efficacy wanes over time, so you need boosters. So when it, anyone who compares this vaccination experiment on the human population. As no different than all other vaccines are comparing apples to oranges. The one side talking, the one particular side talking about this fact are declared conspiracy theorists and misinformation spreaders. So you're telling me doctors like Harvey Risch from Yale, Peter Mercola, and Jay Bhattacharya from Stanford, these epidemiologists are all wrong? If it's if it can't be questioned, it's propaganda. If it can be questioned, It's science. And if any board of directors or board of supervisors or school board is basing their decisions on hitting certain quotas for vaccination percentages, then the true public health and safety are not the driver of any edict or mandate that require humans to be inoculated. 
My question is this. What is the acceptable type or amount of vaccine injury that any board is willing to accept? It's easy to discount a sore arm or the occasional flu symptoms. What about Bell's palsy? What about tinnitus? What, is that not serious enough? What about one case of myocarditis and heaven forbid a death? Is this all acceptable risk for the greater good? How much collateral damage is any board willing to accept? Are you all willing to accept this risk responsibility or am I a conspiracy theorist? You may feel that your opinion means nothing in this board because your, your powers in, uh, are, excuse me. You may feel that your opinion means nothing because higher powers are in charge and you don't want to lose your position or be labeled. But going along to get along is herd mentality. Once again, if it can't be questioned, it's propaganda. And increased doubt gets us closer to scientific certainty, not consensus. And no one wants a situation where a proclaimed miracle vaccine becomes a known poison in five years or so. This scenario is the arrogance of preventative medicine. All right, man. Those are some great points. And you wrote that for the Alameda County School Board on the 17th coming up of November. There's quite a few board meetings coming up in November. I think that I saw the list and there's like five or six of them in our in our area. Correct. And I should be speaking at most of them. Unfortunately, some of the boards are not brave enough to hold them in person for fear of I don't know, being seen, but the Alameda County School Board is strong enough to hold them in person, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, that's great. And you and I met uh, last week, no, the week before last at a meetup um, at a pizza place, and that was like my first sort of like getting out and seeing what's going on and how you guys are doing what you're doing and and getting to meet some of the people, and that was pretty great, man. And uh, yeah, I, I look forward to doing more of these with you as well. Excellent. We appreciate it. And any news that can get out that is different from what is put in most social media and mainstream legacy media is going to be better for humankind. And and I'm going to ask you the same question that I've been asking everybody. So what was the turning point for you that got you from out of the house and onto the streets? It's all about my kids. I'm not going to let them be part of this experiment. And if I have to keep them home and do a distance learning situation until this either changes or continues, well, then that's what's going to have to happen. Awesome. Well, I appreciate it, John, and thank you for your time. So here, yep, I found a, another another victim here that's willing to talk to me uh, about why he's here and uh, kind of the state of where we're at. I handed him a card, uh, nowhere to go but up, and I 
just made a comment that I believe that that's kind of where we are societally and, and, and a lot of different uh, legs of our government and, and, and everything. I mean, the corruption, everything is just out of hand. So I, I feel like we're at a bottom and I'd like to know a little bit more about why you're here today. You've got a nice sign. I'd like to have a picture of it at some point, but uh, go ahead and let us know. Well, I'm here because ever since the beginning of this, nothing has really made sense, right? So from the beginning, when they when I found out that they counted every single death that's either with a diagnosis of COVID or suspected COVID, that they count that as a COVID death, it just made me wonder, you know, how does this make sense, right? It's going to inflate the numbers wildly. And I'm a medical professional, so I, I understand this, right? And so that was the first thing that didn't make sense to me. And then the second thing that didn't make sense to me was the PCR test. So I started hearing things about it. So I decided to listen to the actual inventor of the PCR test, who explained that essentially you can find anything with that test if you turn the cycle rate up high enough. So right off the bat, I was telling people, like, look, there are going to be all these false positives so many that the counties are going to shut down. They're going to post it on the corner of, a, of the CNN screen and just pump fear into people. And so then, lo and behold, I believe it was this last March, the CDC said that the cycle rate was too high and that it would produce too many false positives, right? So something that I had been screaming for the prior nine months, and that just didn't make sense. And now, with the, the rate of mortality for healthy individuals, anyone under 70 who has no pre-existing conditions, the rate of death is so low, but yet they're forcing everyone to get it. To me, that just doesn't make sense, right? It makes a, it makes a case for give the people options, but it doesn't make a case for everyone has to get it. And now the next thing that doesn't make sense are the kids, there is absolutely zero reason why the kids should get this vaccination. And if you know anything from the medical field, you know that the studies that were done were too short and on a sample size that was too small to give you any real data. You know, they followed the kids for two months. What is that going to show you? That they didn't just drop dead when they got it, but it, it shows no long-term data. And, you know, all the while I've said, okay, well... I'm going to go through and I'm going to see different people and I'm in healthcare, so I know people that have gotten the disease. All of them that I know have survived because I'm working with them, obviously. But I know more people personally that have had problems with their menstrual cycles than I know that have died from COVID. And that to me is alarming. These are grown women with mature uh, um, uh, body. Yeah, just the... And what is that going to do to underdeveloped uh, systems or reproductive systems? You know, my daughter's 12. Why do I want her getting that when it can cause a grown woman to have excessive hemorrhaging or have their menstrual, menstrual cycle stop altogether? I could go on forever, boss, but my point is this just doesn't make sense, right? So you have to beg the question with that is are we really as low as we can go? My belief is that we're not. I think that they're, they're going to try to have uh, a system where they can put us on a digital ID system where we have different technologies that can tell what we have and what we don't and, and that that's how we'll be policed and controlled. 
Yeah, there's something's going on. Transhumanism, I don't know, whatever it is that you want to call it. So you gave me a few different, a couple of different uh, scenarios of, of, you know, why, what you questioned. What was the, what was the absolute turning point for you that got you from the house to the street? Well, I had a conversation with my ex-wife, I want to say about seven months into the pandemic. And I told her, I said, you watch. When this vaccine comes out, they're going to start forcing people to take it and start restricting their freedom, start restricting their ability to work, go places, shop and, and do commerce. And she, of course, said, you know, no, this is America. That'll never happen, right? Well, now she's initiating the conversation of how can we get out of California. So there you go. So my turning point was was when they said, when Joe Biden said there will be a shot in every arm. That's when it turned. Yeah, and that's a good place to turn. I I co-parent a four-year-old little girl, and her mom's on the opposite side. And, you know, I would leave in a heartbeat if she said, hey, let's get out of California. I'd be like, all right, let's go. We don't we don't have to be together, but we got to be there with the kids. So let's go wherever. Where do you want to go? Yeah. All right. Thank you, man. I appreciate thank your time. You. Thank you very much. One of the most uh, disturbing things is it's just bad science. Biggest reason is censorship. You're even censoring people like Dr. Robert Malone, the creator of the mRNA. You're censoring Dr. Carrie Mullis, who actually was the inventor of the PCR test. Dr. Richard Fleming. Um, world-renowned cardiologist and a number of other inventions. There's a whole list of virologists, immunologists, doctors that are being censored, that are being deplatformed, that are not able to at least get into an open forum. Yeah, I believe McCullough is one of them. You also have Farid. Uh, you have Zelenko. Sure, there are, there are. There's a long list. I'm just giving you the biggest. Um, you might say, innovators of the technology as it stands, even the mRNA, the PCR test, and so on, they are about vaccine caution in general. You know, um, I've, been, I've been listening to the FDA, uh, whatever the things were that they were doing, the seven-hour uh, deal that seemed like they had their minds made up to begin with. That was just a formality. Uh, they didn't really give any solid information. They couldn't. They couldn't. They couldn't tell you uh, the, about transmissibility in children. They had no data for that. They said, "Oh well, we got You can't do it." Another another thing that they were saying too was is that well, you know, we need to just we need to start getting this into arms so we can start generating data. That seems pretty, and that's about the children, right? You know, science is the pursuit of truth, and it's never about censorship. By definition, science is open discussion and exploration for greater expansions of truth. And this is what has, you know, been prevented. I don't think ever in our history, well, with a few exceptions like maybe Galileo and the church and some other uh, examples, but science has never really censored itself. And this is a key example of it. And we're not talking about just people's opinions. We are talking about the most accredited virologists, immunologists, medical doctors out there. Uh, Again, Dr. Malone, Dr. Mullis, and Dr. Fleming. It's just three examples of many. And uh, there's so many other examples. They're not, if they're going to mandate this, why not mandate 
uh, closing all smoke shops, the greatest risk factor in respiratory challenges. What about uh, obesity, uh, mandating, um, you know, uh, uh, therapy and uh, treatment against obesity, again, the number one risk factor. Um, the, the, uh, you might say the, the harm that the vaccine does, especially for those under 60 with little or no risks, how far outweigh its benefits. And now we are seeing the Delta and the, and the other variants are transmissible through the vaccinated people, and people are dying from it, like uh, Colin you know, Powell and, and a few others that, that come to mind that have been fully vaccinated and are dying, uh, have died or in severe condition from it. So the vaccination as we know it now does not prevent transmission. So why even uh, bother with uh, those types of protocols then? Maybe for the most extreme risk uh, population, I could see that point. But even when they are always always touting about um, the high uh, percentages of unvaccinated compared to vaccinated in hospitals, the CDC stopped its numerical accounting back in May. And they are still using that logic to say that the unvaccinated are, are, you know, so far beyond. At that time, a greater population was unvaccinated to begin with. So things have changed. But the numerics, according to their own website, they have stopped taking the numbers. And yet they're using that soundbite as the biggest reason for people to get vaccinated. So we have doctors on a whole list of doctors, medical researchers um, that are, you know, against this sort of a thing. It's just bad science. So what was the point that brought you from the house to the street to, to, you know, make your voice heard? You know, I noticed that there's a lot of people here about freedom and about freedom of choice and my body, my right and that sort of thing. I'm about good science. And this is, I'm going to... I'm just going to censor myself a little. I'll just say bad science. It's poor. It's, it's deplorable science. And it's deplorable science because you have overt censorship on social mediums and, uh, and, and uh, accredited experts in the medical field are being deplatformed and not heard of. You know, uh, one time I wrote a letter to not only the health department here in Contra Costa, I also sent it to Fauci, to Eric Topol, and to Sam Harris to invite them into an open forum discussion that would be the best for their own argument if they would talk to, uh, again, Dr. Malone, Dr. Fleming, and a host of other um, experts at the time. And, um, you know, I followed up, no answer back. I called, no answer back. I posted it on social media. Again, no answer back except Facebook saying, uh, this is, uh, you know, this is a questionable thing. And here's, you know, as they do with deplatforming anybody that has anything against the narrative. I'm about good science. Everybody, a lot of other people here about freedom, but I'm about good science. And we fail on both fronts with this. I agree, and I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry to blabber on. But you'll get another, at least another slant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Other people will talk about other things. 
but uh, you know, I wrote this here, and th that was point number one: was just lift innate uh, internet censorship among the highest accredited medical doctors and research scientists. And then I said open forum, and then third fact check validated or not. For instance, the book by Dr. McCullough, mm -hmm. which has documentation links. Everybody likes to poo-poo the guy, but nobody wants to go point by point on him. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah, That's a key yeah. thing for your... Yeah, well, I know. I, I just recently found Dr. Mercola, and I, I heard him on a, uh, on, a, on a podcast, and I didn't realize he's been around for like 20 years. He's had his, he's had his, uh, his website for 20 years um, and all of that stuff. And he's, he's an osteopath and the foremost authority on holistic and integrated medicine. Yeah, but yeah. the thing is, is his book which was a bestseller, has never been challenged point by point. It's been poo-pooed as the... He's been poo-pooed as the person, mm. as a person, but he, in his book, has numerous links to government documentation and medical peer review research. And the best thing a pro-vaxxer could do, a doctor or... An expert would be to challenge these points point by point and validate. And that has never been done, and it's been offered time and again. He even offered it on his site. Well, there's another guy by the name of uh, I think his name Steve Kirsch, who's put up a million dollars if you can beat me in a debate over this, and nobody will nobody will take it. Yes, uh, I remember back uh, when Fauci was talking about AIDS and things, and uh, Dr. Carrie Mullis who was a, um, a Nobel Prize winner in medicine, uh, challenged him for an open forum debate and never was accepted. So, yes, again, censorship is the biggest thing we should be fighting uh, against in science, for scientists, for medical people. And okay. also, also, too, we have to, I think, the biggest part of the misinformation and the disinformation and the reason why so many people are flocking to shows like mine and other YouTube shows is because the, the media has failed everybody. They no longer, corporate media no longer reports the truth. They don't even do good journalism anymore because they don't have to. They, I think it was the Fairness Act that was, uh, that, uh, Obama or one of the ones that he, uh, legislation or things that he pulled, which you could, uh, use propaganda against your own population, basically. So you no longer had to give both sides of a of a story. You could just twist it however you wanted to. Right. And in fact, the statistics have been twisted, and they're very vague. Um, they don't compare also the COVID fatalities of what we're doing here and now to homelessness, to drug abuse, to domestic violence, to bankruptcies and suicides. A loss of insurance, loss of work, the amount of harm that that has been to population at large, especially the non-risk population, and again, we know that even having the vaccinations do not prevent transmission. That's been said time and again, but this is very real. People are dying because of loss of work and because of loss of insurance and homelessness. And all those other things, substance use and abuse, those are very real factors that get very little press. Also, yeah. um, another key point, if we're really concerned about vaccinations, 
or I should say COVID and health of our population, how come we're not talking about diffusing the major risk factors of smoking, of obesity, of taking vitamin C, vitamin D, the things that have been proven to enhance our immune system. Medical science knows this. This is peer-reviewed material about vitamin D and vitamin C usage, um, and yet very little press. It's all about, you know, getting your shots. All right. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you. Does it make any sense that you have been vaccinated? You can still contract it. You can still spread it. How 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 is that being safe? How is that making any sense? So now you're going to sit there and say, if you have been va- haven't been vaccinated, you're going to lose your job over this stuff. When it when it's really just a precautionary measure, and you can still get it. So how is that doing anything to the to the general public of being safe? It's not. Well, in the beginning, okay, so let's just say probably in March, April, May, June, yeah, we could get away with that because nobody really knew, right? Correct. This thing was just first unleashed on the public, oh, yeah. on the humans, and the very first wave of it knocked out a lot of people because we were getting used to it, right? Once it hit somebody, then we start adapting to it, right? As it starts moving through the population, we adapt to it and it doesn't become as bad, right? Then it starts variants and all these other things, right? Well, I mean, it, it looked bad in the beginning, but now we have tons of data. We have tons of, of adverse events, adverse reactions, you know, people dying. I know, I know people now. My, my buddy, his uh, dad took the second Pfizer shot a week, probably a week after that. He had these huge blood clots came out of his, uh, out of his lungs. One of them broke off, went to his brain, gave him a stroke. So, I mean, it's, it's now getting closer to me, right? Because before you could say, you could say, I didn't know anybody that had had COVID, right? Let's, let's do that as a hitting point. I mean, do we really, have we really been told as a general public about the injections? Do we really know what's in them? Have they broke it down? The other thing that gets me is what about the numbers? Are the numbers inflated? Are they, do you know that I got three people that are in the medical field that every time a COVID goes into the medical uh, facility, they get paid for that shit. The hospitals get paid for having COVID patients. Oh, they do. I know. Yeah, okay. it's, a, it's a billion dollars. So, so, it's a bonus. So, so, so everybody can, what's stopping them, theoretically, what's stopping them from saying, well, this guy's got a cold, but he's got COVID, just so they can get the money. Okay. So, so I, I, I got something for you. That, that's one part of it. But listen to this. So you want to know what's in them, right? I've got yeah, I got videos. What's in I got videos from doctors that have put them under a microscope, have pictures, have been presentations, and they will show you what's on it. If you want, I gave you my card. I email email that. me. I'll send you some of the some that. of that stuff. But it. Uh, so one of the things that she showed, and her name was Carrie Madey, uh, Doctor Carrie Madey, is that when she put blood on. Like a, a, a regular person's blood on a slide added a drop of the vaccine. It started splitting up, splitting, right? Particles. Well, no, it started going into little circles, right? And the circles that they started breaking up I've, into I've seen a video like that. looked just like, the, just like the spike protein, just like a positive COVID person has, right? So here's what I think. I think that... A lot of the people that die, they end up having COVID, right? They, they are COVID positive. Well, the vaccine is making you COVID positive, 
right? And so everybody that gets hit with it and has an adverse reaction, they're co- they're positive for COVID. So it it, it deflects. So let me ask you a question. You you think the people like we work? With, I've, I've been with the city of Alameda for thirty one years. So now there's a segregation going on with this stuff. Do you think the people that are really saying you got to stay here and you got to be vaccinated? Do you think that they're in fear? Is it more fear for them? Do they really understand what they're what they're fighting? I think they're following orders. I think a lot of them okay. are following orders. A lot of doctors, believe it or not, they don't know anything, you know what I mean, about this vaccine. They go, the vaccine pharmaceutical reps, right, come in and train them on the vaccine and show them how to do what it is and give them all the information, right? Aside from the ones that go out outside of that, because at the end of the day, doctors are just like people, right? They're, people are lazy. You don't want to go do your own research. If somebody's going to bring it to you, what are you going to do? Okay, well, I um, you know, every morning I wake up when this thing hit, I take I take vitamin D three, vitamin C, zinc, uh, and I, I I've been continuing through this. I feel great. I I, I I think there's precautions you can do personally that 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 win this thing through. Personal protocols. Per- personal protocol. So. I don't. I don't buy into all this stuff. When all this other stuff started coming behind it, I, I think it's out there. Don't get me wrong. I know it's out there yeah. because they did this, and then they tried to cover it up, and now they're trying to push all this shit on the American people to 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 mandate this stuff because of of, of something that that they covered up that's in another country that they don't want anybody to know about. It's all about money. Exactly right. And people may not want to hear this, but this is very similar where we're at to World War II, right? What happened before that. And people don't don't want to look at the facts behind all that, right? History repeats itself. A lot of what they're doing is carbon copy of what happened then, right? And what I really think is that they're doing a blitzkrieg on the public, Right. They've rolled this thing out so quickly that most people just don't know what to do. Like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Where do we go? What am I going to do? Right. And that's what happens. People make bad choices when they're in distress, when they're in stress, when they're being, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so the Nazis, I don't, I don't believe that the Nazis lost. I think they lost that battle, but I think that ultimately they won the war. Because we brought them all over here in Operation Paperclip, and everything that we're seeing right now is is remnants of that. You know, it's funny you say that. We were talking because she she's from Germany, and she's a friend of my buddies. And we were talking. About, I'm Italian, so I and I loved history back in that day. And I was telling her about basically everybody was talking about La Mafia and why and how it existed and where it started. Well, it started in the resistance. Of, of, of Germany in in, in the world uh, war era, and basically that they were they 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 mandated this thing to to protect their own families back then from all this stuff, and it just trickled over to the United States and became their own became their own power. Now I'm not I'm not condoning this, but I'm just giving you the history behind it. So yeah, there's a resistance to everything that we talk about as far as being free. We fight for whatever we fight for. Yeah, yeah. People, people have the right to read books. People have the right. They shouldn't have to hide things in their attic or put things in a wall to, or, hide or hide people. It, it, it's not that. Here, here's the biggest thing with me. If, if it doesn't make sense, if it starts getting in, in beyond common sense factors of being moral and being forthright, it doesn't make sense. Right. So, so that's what people have to look at. That's what people have to understand. If, if, if it doesn't make sense, if it's abnormal to you as far as everyday life, 
then there's something wrong with this. This is not being an American. This is not being true to your, your country. Well, your, your sovereignty and the agency over your own lives, over your own life, is being challenged. It's challenged. You know what I mean? It's and, challenged. And people need to wake up and understand that. that I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with this. We're, we're here talking. You don't know me. I don't know you. All these people, I, I see Oriental, I see black, I see white, I see, I see so many different, and they're all coming together. That's normal to me. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. We all believe in something. Some people don't. Doesn't mean that I hate them. Doesn't mean that I, that I go against them. So we need to get back to this. We really do. Or, or we're going to be in a, a very bad state of mind. So, by the way, my name is Mike Rakina. I work for the city of Alameda. I love talking with you. I hope you podcast this. It's good that you're broadcasting it. I love you, man. All right, thanks, brother. I appreciate stay it. Stay safe. All right, man. All right, man. Love See you. See you. So we got another individual who approached me and wants to give his comment on how you know what he's doing out here and and uh, you know his perspective on on the event today. So. How you doing? Doing great, man. How are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Just out here trying to cover this event. Uh, I I support everything that they're doing here, but I'm also, you know, not. I like to hear everything. Right? I like to hear all sides. I'm not convinced. If you can, if you can convince me of that, my side is is whack and 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 worth looking at, then then maybe I will. Sure. Well, I'm I'm for man. I think we should be wearing five masks personally because based on the science that I've seen, I think we're more safe with. Five masks, ten masks. The more we wear, the better, right? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, totally joking. <laughs> um, honestly, yeah. I was going to offer you a piece of a piece of history. Yeah, no, I'm aware. I'm aware. So I'm, I'm same thing. Yeah, fully support freedom, freedom of choice. That's the key. And um, yeah, I'm just out here because of that, right? I, I think everyone should have the right. If you want to wear five masks, this is what I always tell people: if you want to wear five masks, ten masks. If you want to take 15 vaccines, that's great. But when they start telling you what to do. Um, then you're, they're violating your rights big time, right? And most people, like you said, they don't know historical context. They don't know about Nuremberg codes. They don't know about history at all. About any. Yeah. Didn't die from the Spanish flu. They died of bacterial pneumonia. Right. Yeah. That's actually a fact. Yeah. So, what what um what brings you out here? What what was the reason for you to come out here? Well, for me, it's the podcast, right? Um, that's a part of it. But I also have a five-year-old or four-year-old daughter that I co-parent. And her mom is on the vac side of it. And oh. so, you know, we're, we're going back and forth. And luckily, I have a little bit of time, right? She just turned four, so I have about a year. And I'm hoping that this sort of falls, right? I mean, you see a lot of the arguments. Mainstream's not covering a lot of stuff. and I wouldn't say most people. I think about 40% to 45% of the population follows like CNN, Fox yeah. News, all okay, of them. Both right? are wrong, by the way. If you're, if you're watching both, I'm sure you're aware of this. Probably your viewers are as well, but the major media companies are owned by six major global corporations, essentially, right? And so who's investing into these companies? What most people don't realize is that the media companies are also tied into big pharma heavily. So those companies that sit on a board of advisors, a lot of them are also sitting on the board of advisors with big pharma. That's why if you're watching commercials during the day, most of it's big pharma commercials. So they're all vested with each other. And so the reality is if you're taking your advice from, like you said, Fox News or CNN, you're already you're already off base at this point. So the key is going to be finding, I think, in the future too, is finding association of people 
that you want to get around. Create a community, right? Start networking like in the old days. Don't rely on social media. You may have to get off of that because um, it can be censored, right? But stay in close contact with people who are, are of like mind and form alliances with people who just stand for that same cause, same freedom. Also politicians, too. Yeah. I mean, we need to see, start thinking about the local politicians and how we're going to see how they align coming forward. I mean, I have never, ever heard of a local mayor or governor or any of these people having debates publicly, right? Locally. No, you don't, you, nobody, you do never, it. yeah, you never even see what they're running for or you just hear that, oh, so-and-so's a mayor now. Exactly. Huh? Well, how did, what was he? But what does he stand for? And right. something I think about too is um, this whole COVID thing hopefully woke up a lot of people, um, but it woke up, woke up me a lot too to what, like, what are your values? That's the question you have to ask. And before you vote for somebody or before you listen to what they're saying and telling you or preaching to you or anything like that. You should be looking at the fruit on the tree, right? Do you like what you see when you look at that politician? Do you like their lifestyle, right? They're selling you they're selling you a 5-point plan, a 10-point plan, but what they're not telling you is here's why you should vote for me, right? Here's what I stand for, here's my values. Oftentimes they're just pitching these ideas and that's what we see nowadays. So, we have to get back to I think as a society too raising up the standard of who we are and how we interact with each other, build each other up instead of tear each other down. If we want to win, ultimately, as freedom fighters, we're going to have to not fight the other side, but win them over through connection, right? Through understanding they've been manipulated. I call it mass Stockholm syndrome, right? They're under Stockholm syndrome. They're running to their abusers and they're not aware of it. So my mom was one of them. She took the vaccine, Moderna shot, second one passed out, broke her arm. And now has heart problems for the first time in her life. On top of that, I know multiple people, and, and I'm sure you're aware of it too. The numbers are all skewed and all that stuff. So the thing is, for a while, like a lot of people, very frustrated. Like, oh my gosh, nobody's awake and all that. What I realize is like, I can't control or save everybody. But what I can do is let's not create more division, right? So if we're talking to somebody of the opposite mindset, ask them their thought. Get them to think. You know, somebody says, well, oh, you know, I'm, de- I'm Democrat. I'm this. Okay, great. Hey. You know, if you don't mind sharing, what, what are your views? You know, why, why do you vote Democrat? What, what, what do you stand for, you know? Yeah, yeah. And see if they can intellectually have a conversation. Because um, if we, you know, if we present an argument, it's going to create blockages. But if we get them to talk and we convince them that, hey, man, I'm on your side. I can see what you're saying. Would you like to hear what I have to say? And oftentimes they'll say, sure. Now we're going to win them over. Because we're going to be, we're, at the end of the day, people like me and you and, and all these patriots, we are already more knowledgeable than the average majority. So we already won there. And, and we also have to remember what it was like for us when we kind of opened our eyes and was like, well, wait a minute, man, something's wrong. Something's not right. And for me, it was a long time ago, even way before this stuff, right? Yeah. Like, I already knew that. I'm, I'm from the population of people that have been incarcerated, right? Went to federal prison, uh, you know, for stuff. So I was there with people that I, I saw firsthand what the government does to people, right. yeah. you know, and how they use the federal system, oh, system yeah, as a, as a tool. Yeah, they use sure. it as a tool to silence people, too, yeah. right? And it's, uh, it, it was kind of crazy, man. And, but when we woke up, it was confusing, Right, especially when you think of like, well, wait a minute, what? what? How come we how? weren't taught this in school? That was yeah, my, my first thought. Yeah, thoughts. how, like, how come we've never? School? And then you start remember. Do you ever have this moment where you like you start looking back and going, you know what? In school, we were kind of taught history even wrong because mm-hmm. we were never taught to how to think. Right. We were taught what to think, and that's a key, right? Yep, yep. And so when you step out of that, 
like the Matrix, right? You take the red pill. You better be willing to go down that road. But And then at know this, too. If you're somebody who stands for freedom, you better be willing to die for it, too. Because if you're at any point have a little bit, uh, maybe my job will, oh, this or that, or you start justifying it, then you're actually giving into that other side. And you're giving into evil, ultimately. So which side are you going to be on? That's how I think about it. And we have to be willing to get uncomfortable, yes. right? We have to be willing to not shop at Amazon, to not shop at Costco, to not do all of the things that they've made and created, the convenience factor, which indirectly coerces us, right? Yeah, yeah. I think, too, it's just like, yeah, like you said, supporting businesses right now, especially that are just standing for freedom and not enforcing the mask mandates. I go to some places right now and... Yeah, they have the sign up. What I my experience has been, they may have that vaccine sign because the county's mandating it or something. But if you go in there and you and you just treat people well and you just assume like these people are good people, I'll go take a seat. And uh, a lot of times they're not asking for it. So I think there's a lot more people who agree with us, but they're so afraid. They're not me and you. And I think too realizing George Washington in history, right? They didn't have the masses. They had two percent. They still won. So we're the minority. Technically, if we're out here in these streets, like there's not the majority right now, but we're the we're, we can. It's it, what I'm trying to say is we influence the majority of people who are asleep because the, we are the leaders of society. And you see this very clearly when you go to a store and you don't that says mask is that you're supposed to wear a mask. You walk in without one, people start looking at you. And they start taking it off too. Maybe lower below the nose. Yeah, I've seen yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. You're and giving them permission. Give them right? permission. Yeah. To like, hey man, don't be afraid. Yeah. I, it was funny. I had a recent experience too where, you know, banking is an interesting one too, right? Because these places hold our money and all that stuff. So I went into one bank and, um, you know, I went in and they didn't say nothing to me, no mask, whatever. And they treated me great. Went into the next bank, was depositing some money and it was a different bank. Bank of America, by the way. <laughs> and uh, and so I went in there. Bank of America. Come on, man. Stand for freedom, right? I'm thinking, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, got the, you got the name, but are you actually standing for it? So what's funny is I went in there. They go, hey, sir. And there's a plexiglass. And they go, sir, can you? The lady pulls out a box of masks. Can you put on a mask? I, I feel uncomfortable serving you. And I just said, there, there's a giant plexiglass here. And you've got a mask on. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> it's, 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 it's illogical. It's mass Stockholm syndrome. And I believe in, you know, hopefully you, you, some of your viewers have a faith. Pray for these people, you know, come alongside them. I, you know, a lot of them are mentally ill. They may not know that, but I believe they're mentally ill. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, nothing against people that want to be in their car and wear a mask and be only them. You know, but I don't know. I don't know what they're. I don't know what they're hiding from in there. What are they doing? You ever? Okay, so I've seen people on the freeway. They got two, three masks on. They're by themselves. Do you ever just look across and go, "What the hell are we doing here?" What, what do they really believe that's helping them, or even better do, than though. that? I think they do. Yeah. I just don't understand how. how why are they, it's? Uh, I don't know, man. It's mainstream media. That's the problem. The very fact that you don't have to give both sides of the story and you can use propaganda to, uh, you know, sway the population needs to end. I think if we at least could do that and made the media more believable, although I, they've done a pretty good job at fucking themselves. Oh, big time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think the trust is gone from our public media system in America. Like, you know, I don't believe in Fox News. I watched what happened with Trump on that, you know, that day when they're like, I mean. The whole system is pretty, at this point, I would say maybe rigged in favor oh, yeah. towards certain groups of people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, I mean, my gosh, 
money, you know, they get people get bought out. Let's just be real. Okay, oh, yeah. these politicians oh, yeah. are bought out. And you see, um, that, you see that actually in some of the premieres from uh, I think one of them is under investigation from Australia because they took bribes from Pfizer to mandate and, and push all this stuff. Right. So if they're doing it there. They've got to be doing it to all the other politicians and all of the other, you know what I mean, countries. And the thing is, too, is notice, it's like, notice the people who are not willing to speak up against certain people. That's how you know. There's a saying, and you've probably heard it before, which is like, how do you know your oppressor? The person you can't even criticize. So, for example, um, there's been a number of times, like on Fox News and stuff, somebody brings mentions up the name Soros mm-hmm. or Gates yeah, yeah. or these prominent figures, and people go, and the, and you hear the, the people in their ear go, "Hey, we can't talk about change the subject." And why can't we talk about that? Yeah, why yeah. can't we talk about these people, <laughs> right? And so, yeah. th- this is the thing. I think alternative media is definitely the way to go. Your podcast, oh, yeah. people should support it, subscribe, like, share, subscribe, and then just more of these podcasts, which are if we as a as a culture create more movements mm-hmm. where. We're, we're just waking each other up with yeah. more information. We can win. But if we're all going, we're, we have to stop supporting those companies, what I'm yeah. trying to say. Absolutely. Well, thank you, man. I appreciate yes. your time. Great talking with you. Good meeting you. Uh, I think this thing's about ready to wrap up. I got to go let my dog out. <laughs> what was your name? Sean. You've been listening to the Nowhere to Go But Up podcast. Sean is a single dad, a union blue-collar guy, and he spent time in federal and state prison for drug trafficking and fraud. When he was released from prison in 2006, all he had was the clothes on his back, a bag of mail, and some paperwork. Since then, he's turned his life around and shares the struggles and successes on this podcast. We hope you enjoyed the show, and we hope you were moved to connect to the show. Book a guest spot. For merch, Patreon, PayPal, and social media links, go to linktr.ee slash nowhere to go but up. On Instagram at nowhere to go but up now. On Twitter at but up now. On the YouTube channel at nowhere to go but up podcast. See you next time.